Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Bat Banter, Season 2, Episode 23, another WA Domestic Sports Weekly Wrap. If you haven't already, please do not forget to like, subscribe, leave a rating and leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform, be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Of course, you can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Instagram. I'm going to start off in and change tack slightly differently uh, in a different direction. Uh, We're going to start off with... Uh, and give you some signings news, some really big signings news from the Perth Scorchers women. So here we go. Yes, the Perth Scorchers women, uh, and also tying into the Western, uh, the Western Australia women's team, uh, Sophie Devine. So from a, uh, from of course from a Perth Scorchers perspective, she signed on for one more year, which is just huge because she's one of the best players. Not only in the BBL competition, uh, the WBBL, I'm talking about one of the best players in the world. Uh, But even bigger news than that, which is pretty hard to top, uh, Beth Mooney, she signed on not only for the Scorchers, but also for the Western Warriors in the 50 over the in the 50 over format, uh, the WNCL, uh, the the uh, the Women's National Championship League. Uh, However. In possibly sad news, Coach Shelley Nitsky has said she'll likely pursue the top job uh, of Australia's all-conquering women's team, and this is after Matthew Mott. He left the job uh, after being in there for seven years to take up the England men's white ball coaching role. So she'll be in charge of the Commonwealth Games campaign uh, alongside the tri-series that they have uh, against Ireland and Pakistan. So whilst it's probably going to be really, really good, and it's it's a terrific opportunity that Shelley and Coach Shelley Nitschke should be looking into, uh, it would be a massive loss. Um, for the scorches, if uh, that does happen, but uh, on the positive side of things, on the positive side of things, should I say, Sophie Devine, just incredible, uh, great, massive signing for them, uh, and Beth Mooney has said as, uh, has uh, signed on not only for the scorches but also for the Western Warriors women's program. So two massive signings are uh, their two star openers, and of course a wicketkeeper and a great bowler at, at, at that too. Um, they're going to add so much depth. And they both come out and said, obviously I'm paraphrasing here, but they both come out and said that they want to create a dynasty. Um, they think there's a lot of opportunity to uh, you know, make a really, really strong program uh, at the Perth Scorchers women team, women's team, and uh, hopefully they can uh, continue that going. And hopefully with these signings, uh, more people will sign because uh, if you're getting that kind of quality re-signing, most other people will follow suit. But for the ladies, for the Scorchers women, uh, we're going to leave them for now. And if there are any more signings or anything interesting that comes about, we will touch base with them. But for now, Scorchers women, we are out. To pass is Ariang with the interception. That's a massive play from the Diamonds goal defence. And if they can drain this, well, that's going to be oh. an exclamation point, isn't it? Well, that's why she's in the side. Firstly, Ariang with the interception. And then it was all finished off by Sasha Glasgow. Drains okay, onto the West Coast eight. Fever. Uh, just quickly going back to last so week, the 86 that they scored in the previous game up against the Lightning, I mean, it was and is now the highest score ever generated in the Suncorp Super Netball. So uh, they just had a night out, shot the lights out, and uh, yeah, just the highest score now ever in the Suncorp Super Netball. 
However, onto the game at hand, and by at hand, I'm talking about Saturday evening, or I think it was actually Saturday afternoon. Um, they've made their job really, really hard for themselves, and whilst top two is still on the cards, a basically home court advantage and finishing first is pretty much gone. They had a 68-72 loss to the Queensland Firebirds. Um, the first and second quarters, they basically cancelled each other out. Um, the third was even, and it just came down to the last. Well, you guessed it, they lost it by four. Um, they did, in that fourth term, claw their way back to be only one goal down, but an intercept by the Firebirds with three minutes left led to a goal down the other end just to steady the ship. Uh, Coach Dan Ryan did all he could to find the right combination. He made a dozen changes, both in personnel and positionally across the game, but obviously none had the effect that he wanted, intended, or needed. Both teams shot at 94%. Um, the gains were 10 to 9 to Fever, so pretty close. Uh, intercepts, uh, they were 8 to 5. Uh, deflections, uh, the uh, the Firebirds, they had more. They had 14 to 9. And then in addition to that, the uh, West Coast Fever, they had 7 more penalties for contact, which obviously gives uh, gives the shooters from the Firebirds more opportunities to try to score. And it, it doesn't help when, uh, when you're conceding 6 to one turnovers for bad passes. So they gave the ball up, and obviously they gave the, uh, the Firebirds way too many opportunities to score. Aunt Janelle Fowler, she uh, did what she normally does. She was sensational, 60 of 60. But unfortunately, Sasha's four of eight, it may have cost the team. I know that you, know, you lose by four goals and Sasha missed four goals, but that's obviously not the difference between them winning and losing. Uh, Alice Teague-Neald, she was huge. She had 20 assists and 29 feeds. Jess Ansis, who's still out with a foot injury, uh, she still wasn't back. And Verity Simmons, uh, who had to go into health and safety protocols, um, they were late. Well, she was a late out, and that just didn't help the Fever in the midcourt battle. And we know how big they are in those positions for them. So they're now two games and two wins behind the Vixens. But in a positive note, they do have that same lead, so two games and two wins over the third-place Giants. So they're pretty much going to be, be finishing second for the season, but uh, they've given up and they lost their opportunity uh, to claim top spot and home court advantage throughout the finals. And it really all came down to that Melbourne Vixens game uh, that they did have here about a week and a half ago. So uh, actually, I think it was two weeks ago now because it was played on a Tuesday night. Um, they next play the sixth place New South Wales Swifts away, but it's crunch time. Um, they need to knuckle down. They've got to get a big win away and it has to happen now. So uh, we're going to do what we normally do, and uh, the ball's in your court, the West Coast Fever, uh, in more ways than one, uh, both metaphorically and literally very soon. But uh, you know what we say about banter. West Coast Fever, it's over to you. Stowers, Stowers giving it to Ralston, and Ralston will score the first try. Runs it to the line, almost intercepted. And it is play on, and Brocky gets it down right. to McGregor. On the Western Force side of things, a lot Try to uh, track down, break down, because we had two games last week. Um, they had, and they kept a sliver of finals hopes alive, um, because results from the previous weekend went their way. And if they can get a, if they got a bonus point in the win against Moana Pacifica, they opened themselves a possibility. Whereas before the last episode, it was pretty much done and dusted, but they did have a little result goal go their way. So it's kind of weird, and it sort of reeks of mediocrity. But and they're in; they were in the midst of a seven-match losing streak before the game against Moana Pacifica. 
but and they have a two and ten win loss record for the season. But they were still a chance to make finals. Like for me, that reeks of mediocrity. As much as I'd love to see Western Force in the finals, it just sort of thinks that they need to sort of rethink this system in regards to a final system. This is how it had to happen. They needed to win on Saturday, obviously uh, against the Hurricanes, and hope the Rebels can beat the Highlanders. It was pretty simple. Win and hope you have a little bit of luck. Lose and it doesn't really matter. But speaking of that, and going back to that Tuesday game, uh, they won 48-28 to in the Tuesday encounter with Moana Pacifica, which was uh, obviously the postponed game earlier in the season when the force couldn't put forward a full lineup due to COVID. It was the first victory in New Zealand for eight years, but in context, they were playing the last place team in the competition. So as always, we try to uh, you know put everything into context and make sure you know it's not being blown out of proportion either on a bad side or on a good side. Um, they got the bonus point that they needed, but and it really only came down to a final try just in the nick of time in the 78th minute, thanks to Carl Godwin. Um, uh, the Western Force they had 52% possession, they had seven tries to four, uh, 103 more meters carried. Albeit they did have 17 less passes and they had to make 37 more tackles. So the, uh, the, the stage was set. It was all ready for a Saturday encounter. And here's the stage being set. It, like, it was a huge game uh, coming, up the, coming up against the uh, Highlanders. It could have been a swan song for many with coach Tim Sampson not having his contract renewed in his last season in his charge. And former All Blacks Jeremy Thrush and Richard Kahui, an ex-Wallaby Greg Holmes, they called time on their careers upon the end of the season. So they were gonna, uh, their careers would be done whenever their season uh, officially finished. I just quickly want to touch on some points from Force Captain and the third player to reach 100 games, uh, which he will do and did in the Saturday game. And he basically paid credit to Coach Tim Sanson for what he's done for the club over the last five years. And uh, Ian Price said he he was really really happy and you know was you know, so thankful for taking over the club when it was on its knees and to put it put it back on its feet and he's done a lot for the game of rugby in WA so just wanted to make sure we uh we really thanked and we're appreciative of what our coach Tim Sampson has done over the past five years. However, in all of that, all the build up, all the hype, and it was really all in their hands. Their season is over. Uh, they couldn't produce the miracle. And to add sting to their wounds, the Rebels ended up beating the Highlanders. But they couldn't stop them picking up a bonus point along the way. The Force, they did their part. Uh, they beat the Hurricanes. Uh, sorry, I know I said Highlanders earlier, but the Western Force are actually playing the Hurricanes. And the Rebels had to beat the Highlanders. So the Western Force, they held up their end of the bargain. They defeated the Hurricanes 27-22 to on Saturday evening. And it was a really good way for Coach Tim Sampson to go out. They had 55% possession in the first half, but only 42% in the second half. It was three tries to four. Um, they had 225 less meters gained. They had 39 less carries, but he was the difference in the game. Three of three versus one of four penalty conversions and two or three penalty goals up against none. That's what explained the game, and that's how they got a 27-22 to win. At the 74th minute mark, they were actually down 22-20, to but a Brian Ralston try, and then the conversion, it clinched it for them. Uh, it was a big upset, and it was their first home win of the season. Once again, looking into that mediocrity, and maybe they just didn't deserve to be there. Well, not maybe, they didn't. <laughs> but once again, they, they were down early. Uh, they conceded 17 straight first half points, 
and they trailed by 11 just before half time. So once again, as has been the case all season long, they had to dig deep and try to find a way to get back into the game. So yes, they did what they should have done. They took care there. They took care of uh, their end of the deal. They got the win. But uh, you know, despite the uh, the Brumbies getting a thirty-one to thirty victory, uh, sorry, not the Brumbies, the Rebels getting a thirty-one to thirty victory uh, over the Highlanders, it just wasn't enough because the Highlanders got a bonus point uh, for losing within I think it was five or six points. So yep, unfortunately the season's over for the Western Force. But Western Force fans, it's been an absolute privilege bringing all this information to you and keeping you in the loop with how they're going. It was a season of almost. It almost could have been really, really good, but uh, all those losses, those close losses, and all those losses coming from being 20 points down or something along the lines of that in the first 20 to 30 minutes, and then they got themselves back into the game, but just ran out of steam in the end. So their last, obviously, four or five games have been pretty ordinary, and that, you know, uh, coincided with them, uh, you know, going into the Pacific side uh, of the of the uh, the draw, of course, playing all the New Zealand teams. And we know that uh, the New Zealand rugby is just in a much better spot uh, and much more dominant uh, than what the Australian rugby teams are. But, you know, it was nice to get a win uh, against the Hurricanes. And, of course, they got a win against Moana Pacifica, which was their first one in New Zealand in a very long time. But for now, uh, we're going to be leaving the Western Force. Uh, we'll, of course, touch base with you when they start to make signings for the upcoming season in the future. But Western Force... Not a bad season. Uh, you're in a good position in numerous games, but just couldn't uh, couldn't bring home the bacon when you needed to, when you needed to. So enjoy the off season. Look after yourselves, and uh, we look forward to welcoming the Western Force back again on Bat Banter next season and Coach uh, Coach Simon Crone. But for now, here at Bat Banter, good luck Western Force, and we'll see you next season. Listen to the hiss. Listen to the growl. Earth wild cats are on the prowl. Can you feel the heat? Listen to their feet. Tearing up the cotton, building up the heat. Here we come. Oh no. Here we come. Oh no. Here we come. Yeah. Earth wild cats are on the prowl. Alright, so just really, really quickly, uh, a little bit of cat chat and some Perth Wildcats talk. More so on the signing side of things. Now, Kyle Zunick, who was a development player, and he was actually the first ever development player to start um, on debut. Um, so in the first game for in the first game of his career as a development player, he started, and that's the first time that has ever happened in the NBL. He is actually now and has a main roster spot, which is fantastic. And he signed and has signed a two, excuse me, a two-year deal. So he's pretty much going to be taking Kevin White's spot, and I quite like that because um, Kevin White, not a big fan of him, especially in the last year. I know that he was big uh, in finals uh, in the 2020-21 season, but just just didn't step up as much as we needed him to um, come last season. But of the uh, bigger signing variety, we're talking about Todd Blandfield. <clears throat> Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. Todd Blanchfield has signed a three-year deal to return to Perth. And he's reportedly said the way that they finished off the season left and still has a bad taste in his mouth, um, which can only be a positive. So uh, hopefully they can use Todd Blanchfield a little bit more. Hopefully he can get over his injury woes because uh, that certainly affected his season quite a bit. But uh, yeah, 
For now, those are the only two major signings. Uh, we, of course, know that Bryce has signed a three-year deal, uh, Bryce Cotton, which is huge. And, yeah, of course, the import spots, that's going to evolve over a period of time. So we're going to have to wait until the draft happens, as in the NBA draft. And then who goes to Europe, who goes to China slash Japan, and then who's left over, basically. But, uh, yeah, for now, there were the two main signings, and we'll keep bringing you information as it unfolds at the Perth Wildcats. But here at Batmanta, good luck, Perth Wildcats. Make sure you sign some good players, because Lord knows we need them. But from a Cats perspective, we're out for now. All right, that's it. We're done. We're dusted. We're finished. It is the end, and our wrap-up of our Season 2, Episode 23, the WA domestic sporting scene. And, you know, how the West Coast Fever are going, how the Western Force are going, and, of course, announcing some major signings. Um, great news there. But uh, if you haven't already, please do, please do not forget to like, subscribe, leave a rating, and leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform, the Apple Podcast or Spotify. You can like us on Facebook, and you can follow us on Instagram. Whether you're listening in the morning, the afternoon, or the evening, it's been absolute privilege to have you on board. Thank you so much, and we look forward to touching base with you and all of our WA teams on the domestic sporting scene next week.